0: Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740.
1: Getting to the root of a growing dilemma. This is the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin.
2: Are we, uh, are we on the air there, Dan? Okay. Uh, good. Yes, we've got two guys in the control room. Uh, we've got David and Dan on the board. It takes two guys to make up for Grace. Wait a minute, what's going on in there? <laughs> Don't tell Grace. Uh, no, no. Uh, they will be the first voices you hear when you call the lines here to Charlie Dobbins Garden Show. 416-360-0740. And then anywhere else in the province, it is toll-free. 1-866-740-4740. Well, Charlie Dobbin, you have yes. uh, arranged a beautiful day for us here. It's gorgeous. Perfect day. Best yeah. day to be in the garden. Frank well, Proctor here, by the way. Yes. Uh, yeah, and welcome the garden.
3: undergardener, gardener in training. Uh, don't forget the mantra.
2: Oh yes, call early, call often. One question per call. <laughs> <laughs> Remember okay. last week? That oh, reminds me. Yeah. That lady we who snuck in that next Daddy question. Daddy
3: from Park Colburn. She just like <laughs> tried to sneak in a question, but it was too late. We had to go. Um, but quickly, a few announcements for those right. of you that might want to get out and look at somebody else's garden. Yeah. You're tired of looking at your own. There are still garden tours going on. The Nobleton King City Horticultural Society is holding their tour tomorrow from ten to four. Uh, You can check the website at www.altflora.com, so A-L-T-F-L-O-R-A, altflora.com, for more information on that one. Also, tomorrow, the Oro-Medonte Hort Society's annual summer garden tour is taking place from 1230 to 430. It's in the Carthew Bay and 8 Mile Point area. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tickets are available all over the place, uh, and catch that because that's apparently just a, a wonderful tour with lots of neat things going on in the different gardens. This Tuesday, we are getting into sort of peak summer. A lot of the Hort Societies take a hiatus in the summer. I Mm. think because of holidays and stuff, people are away, or they're just too tired. They don't want to talk about gardening anymore. So this is the last Scarborough uh, Garden and Hort Society meeting until September. It is this Tuesday at 7.30. It's a free lecture and general meeting on native plants and organic lawn care. Presented by Colleen Cirillo from the Toronto and Region Conservation Authority. Guests are welcome. Refreshments are included. The location is, as ever, the Scarborough Village Community Centre, which is at 3600 Kingston Road, At Markham Road.
2: Oh, very nicely done.
3: Thank you, but you know what? There's one more I've got to tell you about because this is so cool. Okay. All right, this is, I've never seen this before. I've brought a little flyer to show you Woodlot Plant Rescue. This is tomorrow. It's a free public event. Anytime between 8 a.m. and 2 p.m., come out and help rescue plants from a woodlot. Slated for removal in advance of the expansion of Highway 404.
2: Oh, that's neat! So you're going to get some, you know, get some good out of those plants. Just it's not going to be buried under all sorts of exactly. rubble. Exactly, yeah. buried under rubble. Okay, so, so where do they go? So this
3: is help us dig up plants for use in an ecological restoration project that you mm-hmm. might be involved with, or take plants home to be planted in your own shaded yard. These well, are all neat. woodland plants. Okay. So it's for people with you know woodland type gardens or shady gardens. Uh, bottom line, the location. <clears throat> It's on Doan Road between Leslie and Woodbine Avenue, which is halfway between Queensville and Sharon. So it's quite a bit up north there of the, okay. uh, on the 404. Yeah. For more information, there is lots of... Um, actually, probably this phone number is the best. Cell phone of the organizer. This is being organized through the Lake Simcoe Region Conservation Authority. Oh, good for that. And, uh, yeah, and also, so it's quite an interesting thing. Bottom line is Andy Pallon is your best contact, cell phone would probably be your best way to get a hold of, of Andy, 905-955-6184.
2: you want to repeat that? Because I'll give folks just a moment. Or yeah, get, get a, a pen. I'll just, pen it's, and... it's,
3: like, just let me read you what they've got here. We're long yeah. pants and closed-toed shoes. Refreshments and snacks are provided. Well. Shovels and pots are available. Uh, Students can get some of their volunteer hours, right? The high school students who need the 40 hours. Information on native plant gardening is available because the North American Native Plant Society will be on site as well. That is cool. It's really really, cool. It's really organized. So 905-955-6184 if you need any information. But bottom line, Doane Road between Leslie and Woodbine Avenue. Very
2: good indeed.
3: Well, neat, neat, eh?
2: Started out the show in a very positive manner. Gorgeous day. Hard to not
3: be positive.
2: And I see the lines are already jammed, and uh, we've got callers who will call with questions and sometimes with advice.
1: You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, sponsored by Scott's, makers of EcoSense Weed Be Gone, the new way to kill weeds.
2: I'm Frank Proctor, and uh, we have the pleasure of introducing, of course, we, the royal, we, uh, Sue <laughs> chef of the garden, uh, of introducing every Saturday morning our master gardener, Charlie Dobbin, otherwise known as the gorgeous goddess of gourds, with us once again. <laughs> mm. Ooh, I get
3: quite a visual when I you say see- that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Did, did I say the so, wrong thing?
3: It's not real,
2: though. Was well, <laughs> that my inside voice? Okay. Uh, Dorothy in Toronto is on the line. Hello, Dorothy.
4: Oh. Uh, I, good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Dorothy. Um, I bought uh, one of those hanging baskets, mm-hmm. and it was uh, like pink carnations. Like I call them bachelor buttons. Mm-hmm. Okay, I gave it some fertilizer, and they died the next day.
3: Oh my gosh! The whole thing just turned yellow right before your very eyes.
4: Well, I watered. I gave every every plant I had the same fertilizer, which is that Miracle Grow, mm-hmm. and they died the next day.
2: Now, uh, When's the funeral? We'll show up.
4: No. Yeah. <laughs> Frank, Frank uh, loves cut funerals. cut off the dead flowers, uh-huh. but nothing has come back. And I'm wondering, do carnations only bloom once a year?
3: Are the leaves still green? Yes. Oh, you know what? It'll set more buds. Just a quick question, though. When you mixed up the fertilizer, you were very careful to follow the instructions, right?
4: Yes, okay. I had the right amount, and uh, I poured it on
3: top of it. I mm-hmm. guess
4: maybe I shouldn't have put it on the flowers.
3: Um, no, generally it's actually a good thing to spray when we're working with fertilized water, allow it to touch the leaves, not so much the flowers, but certainly plants will absorb fertilizer through their foliage. You know. Okay, so you, that's fine. You sheared off the flowers that are toast, yeah. more flowers will grow. Just keep it in the sun, water as appropriate. Yes, yeah,
4: but I didn't know what, how often carnations bloom every year. Once a year? Twice a year?
3: It depends what kind they are. Like, as, as, Assuming they are carnations, the, the proper name of that is dianthus. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are many kinds that Uh, There are annual dianthus, there are perennial dianthus, there are spring blooming, there are spring and summer blooming, you know what I mean? Like they sort of go on and on. Probably what you have there is something that will bloom again. It's an annual form of dianthus. It's just a matter of setting the buds again. In the extreme heat, plants do not do much in the way of growing. So now that we're past that big heat wave, we will see more buds forming. That
4: was last week, or this week.
3: Yeah, yeah. So So,
4: I can expect it. Bloom
3: again. Stay patient, exactly. Give oh. it another week or so. Alright, Thanks, Thanks, thank Thanks, Dorothy. Bye.
2: 916 here at AM 740. The Master Gardener's at it again is Charlie Dobbin, and you can reach her quite handily by calling 416- 360-0740. That's in Toronto. Anywhere else in the province, toll-free, 1-866- 740-4740. And, why, well, oh, please, Dianthus... Call in. Diane did, too. Oh, and she's stop. off. Yes. <laughs> Port Severn's calling in this morning. Hello, Diane. Oh,
5: how are you this morning? Good. Morning, Diane. Yes, good morning to you, too. Question. We have poison ivy up in the cottage country here. What do you suggest mm. for it?
3: Poison ivy is a tough one. I know. The, even though Roundup, you remember what Roundup is, that's kind of been around forever as a herbicide, what we call a non-selective herbicide, Roundup, uh, many of the the so-called toxic chemicals were taken off the shelves. Roundup is still on the shelf just for the purpose of controlling poison ivy. Oh, really? Yeah. Best time to be effective is early in the season when the growth is young and soft. As the season progresses, the plants become a little tougher, a little woodier, and they're harder to kill. Uh, Remember, whatever you spray with Roundup, the Roundup will cause whatever green things it's sprayed onto to, to turn yellow. So you have to be selective, you have to be careful, you don't want to spray anything that you love. But it will, with a lot of very consistent spraying, not just once but many times, you should be able to eradicate the poison ivy. It, it, yeah. Frank's laughing. Choice, just round up the only choice. Then. Well, the only one. I mean, unless perhaps somebody's listening will come back with something that they've been successful with. I mean, what are you thinking, flamethrowers, uh, Frank? He's-
2: no, no. I, I'm just thinking of the time when I was about ten years old uh-huh. and at our cottage out lake on Lake Huron. There, uh-huh. I went into the bushes with the other guys. You know, we all went running Naked, nude in, yes. into the lake about you know a hundred feet from uh, from the main beach, and uh, unfortunately, we wound up. In a patch of poison oak. Oh my! And when I got home, we were leaving the next day to go home. When I got home, I was going crazy. You guess where? Yeah. Where? Yeah. Yes. I jumped up in the sink and I looked in the medicine cabinet and what did I put on? Sloan's liniment. Oh my God! It's a wonder I've been able to reproduce. I'm telling you. Holy mackerel! Took, took the itch right out, don't, didn't it? Diane, don't ever do that. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, <you're something>
3: else. <laughs> Thanks for sharing, Frank.
2: Well, that's quite all right. No, that's a beautiful Our image morning. at this time of the morning, or any any time of the morning.
3: Yeah. So keep your clothes on. Yeah. And <laughs> with the boys and I, have, yeah, exactly. Just spray, spray, spray. Obviously, stay right away from it. Like I said, perhaps somebody out there it has got a suggestion for you that might give us a call within the next, you know, forty minutes, thirty right. minutes that we're on the air. And uh, in the meantime, I'll see if I can come up with anything that's kind of new and exciting and. Interesting. Interesting. I doubt it, though.
5: That would be yeah. Well, that be great if you could. It's that's a
3: super good. nuisance and it's a problem. Well, yeah.
5: Yeah. I, well, you wouldn't even want to dig it up, I guess, because you'd be.
2: Uh, well, rubber gloves, I guess you would have oh, to. Oh, more than Absolutely. that, Absolutely. Yeah. rubber suit. Yeah, no, be dangerous. Oh, yeah, you well, want to
3: avoid I, handling.
5: Yeah, yeah. I appreciate hearing from somebody if that's. Case, yeah, all right. Ground hey, ground maybe,
2: or... maybe somebody up there has the answer, who knows. Okay, Diane, hey, Diane. we'll see what we can come up with for okay,
3: you. Okay, thanks. Thank you. you.
2: Thank you. Keep <laughs> scratching. Okay, it's <laughs> 9.20, <stopped>. huh? <laughs> Stop. All right,
3: do you want me to hear the story of my poison oh, ivy? yes, yes. We lived in Philadelphia when I was a child. <clears throat> um, poison ivy's everywhere yeah, in yeah. Philadelphia. Like, everywhere. It's right on the sidewalks. <laughs> oh, jeez. <clears throat> my brother got chicken pox, and my other brother oh. and I got jealous of all the attention he was getting. Oh, no. So we went I'm... and we rolled in poison ivy because because we thought we'd get some attention. <clears throat> My brother, who I rolled around with, turns out he's completely immune to poison ivy. Didn't have a spot on him. Plus, he got one chicken pock at the end of the day. I, on the other hand, got thousands of chicken pox and poison ivy. Imagine how itchy I was.
2: Oh, man, yeah.
3: My mother said it was. I was just a walking scab. Oh, jeez.
2: <laughs> Hope you're enjoying breakfast there, folks. It's uh, 9.20 here at AM 740. Uh, Did I mention that? (laughs) This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. The phone number is 416-360-0740 in Toronto. Anywhere else in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Back in just a moment here on The Garden Show from AM 740.
1: You're listening to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Sponsored by Scott's, makers of EcoSense Weed Be Gone, the new way to kill weeds.
2: Hey And a good morning. Frank Proctor here along with Charlie Dobbin who uh, will next talk to Mark in Niagara Falls. Hi, Mark.
6: Hi, good morning. Morning. Is this the comedy garden show? <laughs> That's right. I want to make sure I have the right number.
2: Oh, you've got the oh, right oh, one. You're,
3: you're, you're in the right place, absolutely.
6: <laughs> well, I have some demented, deranged coneflowers. Ah, <laughs> oh, neat. No, they're not neat.
3: What's going on?
6: They're just taking all different uh, shapes, like they're not developing properly, mm. or... Um, like the cone on the top either stays flat with no um, petals on the side, or it comes up to the full cone with the odd petal on the side, and yet on the same plant, I'll have a healthy looking flower. And over the, this has been going on for about three years or so, and I just keep taking those tops off so they don't go to seed and mm-hmm. throwing them away, mm-hmm. but it doesn't seem to have done much good. It, is there something wrong with the plants themselves?
3: Perhaps. Do you know what kind, like there's a lot of different kinds of coneflowers no, out there. No, this
6: is just the regular poor man's coneflower. It's not one of the
3: hybrids. It's not. So it it's a pink flowering yes. coneflower. It should have a brown center that, yep. as you point out, should protrude as a cone yep. and then have just regular sort of pinky, bright yeah, pink petals pink yeah, all the way down. around. But you're seeing all kinds of deformity.
6: Yeah, I had um, for a number of years, and I don't, I don't know what it is. I thought by taking the tops off mm-hmm. that I would be discouraging, like any new seeds, yep. any more new stuff growing.
3: And the leaves generally grow as they should. Yep. stems are straight.
6: Fine on most of them. Ha- I have the odd one. <clears throat> excuse me. We're right at the bottom. It almost looks like they're congested. Hmm. And if if they if they're like that, I dig them out and throw them away, right? Just to thin the plant out, sort of.
3: Hmm. Now, and this is something somebody gave you a number of years ago, or did no, you actually I've, purchase I've, every it?
6: one of them? Have been bought at a nursery, huh? And and, and I must say, a lot of them too are um, seedlings that right. have, you know seeded themselves.
3: That yes, exactly, blow around either in your yep. own garden or from other yep. people's gardens. And I
6: love it because I love the cone flower.
3: <clears throat> oh, me too. Well, I just wonder if. Okay, two things. One is, let me let me look up and see if there's any history of, you know, genetic oddities within the coneflower family. Uh-huh. Honestly, given how many strange cultivars have been selected in the coneflower, which is echinacea, uh, how many different, you know, when you think of some of them, there's doubles, there's triples, there's some... Twisted petals, you know, and these have been selected cultivars for some odd, and not to mention colors. There's orange and yellow and pink, right. and, you know. So I'm just wondering if you have something that has it, I mean, it sounds to me like not having done any research on this, but it's quite possible that coneflowers have a tendency to mutate anyway mm-hmm. because of the number of selections that are out there and have been selected for oddities. So perhaps you've just got one that has a real tendency. It's, you know, an unstable plant genetically, and it has a real tendency to send out odd bits.
6: It wouldn't be a virus or anything, would it? Well,
3: that's where, let me, let me check into it. I, I, the
6: leaves look, themselves look healthy. Yeah,
3: I wouldn't think so. Again, I don't think of coneflowers as being a particularly susceptible to no, disease uh, or viral anything. Either. But
6: I'm I'm pretty sure. Well, I'm I know for sure that these are all that old. I think it's called Magnus, mm-hmm. the original.
3: Well, um, Magnus actually. Well, it's not even that original. It's just that it was chosen in 1998 as the perennial plant of the year. Oh, okay. Uh, because it is such a consistent, easy to grow, beautiful, very accessible and affordable plant. Right. Um, so that's why, you know, it doesn't... But like I say, leave it with me. Let me see what I can find out for you. And again, unless somebody's got some idea that might solve that for us. I, off the top of my head, I'm just thinking it's an unstable uh, example of Magnus. It is tending to some kind of strange deformity. It, you may want to replace it with a new Magnus. But let me check into it and I'll, but I, I I'll update so you. I have many of them. Well, that's
6: right. You know, I have one at the bottom of our driveway in uh-huh. a crack between the curb yeah. and the concrete. Yeah. And it is just the most healthiest, beautiful thing you ever saw. would you know. <laughs> well,
3: And does that one show deformity like nope. some of the others? Nope. Right. So that might be part of it, is going to w- the clumps where you are seeing the strange and just removing that clump entirely, not just the head.
6: Just about
3: all of them. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. All right. Well, let me <laughs> uh, let me see what I can report back. Okay, great. Thanks but, for your call. Thank very you very
2: much. much. Mark. Uh, the case of the demented pine cone. Do come into my laboratory, Igor. Oh. Cornflower, darn corn, cornflower, corn, corn cone. Oh, cone! The, the demented
3: coneflower. All right, crazy coneflowers. Corrected.
2: It is <laughs> nine twenty-nine here at AM seven forty, and the Charlie Dub and Garden Show underway. Dan and Dave answering the phones and uh, getting you lined up for the calls. And I see our next caller. Let's see, that'll be Val in Hamilton. Good morning, Val. Hello. Yeah, Hi.
7: Good morning. Hi. Uh, good morning. Uh. Uh, I'm calling regarding my Mm -hmm. hydrangeas. I've had them for quite a few years now, and uh, they don't seem to be blooming at all.
3: Mm. And they were supposed to have round pink flowers?
7: Yes. They're they're not the animals, or... Mm -mm. They've been so many years that I don't remember. There was a blue and I think there was a pink, too, but they don't bloom at all.
3: Mm -hmm. So you know what you've got? You've got some old versions Of It's called hydrangea macrophylla, or big leaf hydrangea, or mop uh, flowering hydrangea. Uh, The old varieties, which is what you've got, and which is what I had too until I finally dug it out of my yard last year, uh, they're very healthy plants, but what happens is that they grow... Uh, green growth every spring and summer. That's right. And get virtually no flowers. Right. Then winter comes, and all that green growth and all those stems get killed off in the frost in the winter. So in the spring, we have to cut them down almost to ground level because there's so much deadwood. And again, lots of green growth grows again, but no flowers. Right. The varieties that you have and I had are varieties that... that put out their flower buds on last year's growth, or what we call old wood. And because all the old wood dies every year in the frost, we never have old wood for flowers to form. Oh, I see. About five years ago, a brand new, at that time, hydrangea was introduced called Endless Summer. And an endless summer is what's cool about it is that it does very consistently bloom because it blooms not only on last year's wood, if any survives, but this year's brand new growth, which is what we expect to get. And so they very consistently will flower with nice either pink or purple or blue, you know, big mop flowers, uh, which are very lovely and, like I say, very consistent. So your actual job you need to do is get out there with a shovel, dig up what you've got, and unfortunately send it off to the compost pile, replace with newer varieties.
7: I think I did get Endless Summer too, but uh, even that doesn't seem to be blooming.
3: Oh, Endless Summer will bloom if it's getting... Is it getting any sun or where is it located? Because it needs about a half a day sun, needs a good quality organic soil, and obviously be careful with the fertilizer. You don't want to have too much nitrogen going on to it. You'll just get a lot of green leaves. So you trim them down in the spring... Uh, because we typically do find that there's, you know, dead little stems all over the place. Trim them down in the spring. The green leaves should shoot up in the summer. And like I say, just be careful, not too much nitrogen. Or otherwise, you'll just get a lot of green leaves.
7: So the endless summer is just the blue variety or is it nope. the pink too?
3: Pink, pink or blue, depending on the pH of your soil.
7: So uh, do I have to put more acid in the soil or what?
3: To cause them to be... Well, if if you're what you do first is you test your pH... And if you have an alkali soil, which is likely, because most of us do in Ontario, and you want to cause the hydrangeas to be more on the purple side or even on the blue side, you'll need to add sulfur to lower the pH. Mm -hmm. But you do a pH test before you do any fooling around with sulfur. Okay. Okay.
2: (laughs) Okay, great. Thank you very much. Thanks so much, Val. Have, have a great day. Enjoy that sunshine. Gosh, it's a beautiful Saturday, isn't it? It's just the yeah. best. And uh, you are listening to AM740 Zoomer Radio. And uh, let's see, we're uh, going to take a call here from, oh, Toronto, yeah, right around the corner here. Kyla on the line. Good morning, Kyla.
5: Hi, Frank. Hi, Charlie. Morning. i got a different um, bit of a um, um, question for you, Charlie. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I want to prepare things for winter and not like my cat is harnessed on leash train. I take him outside and there's this, <laughs> it used to be a flower bed, but it's all weeds. Mm-hmm. And he loved just going and laying and walking and, and hiding in, in the weeds, right? Mm-hmm. Well, winter coming, we can't go out in the, in the weeds together. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to, um, I don't know, get some kind of a, the, the biggest um, pot there there is available that has a saucer and stuff. And I wanted to grow some weeds in it. Mm. <laughs> and also baby's breath, because he loves he eating. He, he, he gnaws on the baby's breath and, and chews and, and spits it every, everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to um, like, get some weeds. and um, You know
3: what I would do? Babies,
5: but I don't know if you can grow baby's breath.
3: Well, it's, baby's breath, as an indoor plant, you mean, for winter. Yeah. That it'd be hard to have it blooming right through the the winter indoors. what I would do with a with a kitty cat that loves greens and loves to to hang around like I know exactly what you 're saying that you know the cat loves to hunker down and roll around in the weeds it 's like that snake in the grass thing eh? cats yeah. are hilarious when they get into tall things uh, what I would do is I would grow something called cat grass
5: it 's too short it, he, he can't like he
3: likes to feel the the leaves underneath them, and like gives some weeds like different heights and stuff. Yeah. Um, how about okay? The my my yeah. So you just think that we, see weeds are a bit hard. Weeds naturally grow outside because it's just perfect. I mean that's that's their world. Inside it might be a little harder to get real healthy weeds. They might just end up real scrawny and and straggly. How, do you um, have a, a bright sunny window in your place? Self exposure. Oh, you do. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. all right. So. Could you bring in weeds? You could. Uh, will I, I don't know if I would. I, I'm just worried about bringing in weeds and having them flower and little seeds blowing around. You know, dandelion <laughs> blowing it's around your your house. Uh, might, why not um, consider a couple of house plants or you know something that he can sort of roll around? And you're just worried oh, about spending a lot of money. Like any any kind
5: of house plants because sure. they just get get wrecked with him walking the, and laying in them and yeah. hiding in them. And well, that's, that's midnight,
2: isn't it? Your yeah. cat? Yeah. 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 yeah.
3: Frank recognizes yes. you, your your cat. The um well the thing with cat grass is that it will grow up, and of course it tends to flop over a bit. But it will, you can keep growing it again from seed. Even if you did grow some weeds in your house, like you brought in say some young weeds and they grow up, they're they're not going to last all winter. They're all they're going to get rolled in and you know fall down and and before you know it you'll be it'll be November and you've got nothing alive. So right. for sure, I mean consider bringing something in in the fall or late summer into your home, but recognize that you'll have to replenish just by virtue of the cat's action, uh, and the easiest thing to do. Or some catnip. My cat loves catnip. Well, can you grow catnip? Yeah, of course. You oh, could Where start, do you
5: get the seeds from?
3: Uh, right from the pet store, from the pet food store. Same people you, you can get you, the you, cat you grass. In, in, like, tropical plant potting soil? Or? Yep, just any pot, good potting soil, exactly. And if you've got a southern window, then just follow the instructions on the seeds. Easy to grow. Uh, my cat loves cat grass. I mean, he lies in it. He just thinks it's the best. So cat grass and catnip. Yes, catnip, of course, is very well. They're all edible, but um, the the idea of rolling around, they they do uh, destroy the plants with the rolling. So you have to be always have little babies up on the shelf that are in you know to grow on (laughs) for the next set, the next go around. I think, but um, it's a great idea. I think the I think the babies.
5: I know cat grass is supposed to help their digestive system. Yes. And I think that the baby's breath does that with him, too.
3: Well, I think, uh, yeah, any cats, any greens, when they start chewing them, they'll definitely use some of the vitamins, I think, and keep their little systems in check. So a great idea. You sound like a real cat lover. So good luck with that. Um, Yes, Kylie. Kylie. Kyla
2: yeah I'm sorry Kyla we've got to kind of run along here but I want to thank you for your call and uh, she's a regular listener to my show mm-hmm. in particular the diner and, and uh, Kyla will call up often and ask me to dedicate a song to, to Midnight her cat Midnight. Mm-hmm. so I'm going to start the show the diner today uh, playing Tom Jones what's new pussycat <laughs> just for you Kyla okay it's 9:37 here at am 7:40, and we're off and running to uh Raul I believe in Mississauga hi good morning Yep. Hello. hello. Yeah, hello
3: there. Hi there.
7: Hi, I'm glad that listen to your show. I love it very much because you gave me a lot of ideas. Good. I'm not a green summer, but because of your ideas, I'm growing a garden. Nice. Yeah, um, I have a plum tree.
3: Mm-hmm.
7: And um, last fall, I saw some little insects on some of the branches. Mm-hmm. This spring, they all were black. And, and when I touched the branch, they, they come out in a bit of a dust. Mm. But half of my tree is dying because of it. Mm-hmm. What can I do to um, to bring my tree back?
3: Is it a big old tree or is it a fairly young tree?
7: Um, it is. It is old, about eleven years old.
3: Okay. Um, what you've got going on on that tree? It sounds to me like a fungal disease. It's called black knot. Okay. And it it is. It, it does have a bl- black spores, which is what you're seeing when you see that dust. Right. Um, the way you know it's black knot on the tree is that you'll see swellings in the bark, you'll yes, see the I bark do. cracking, and then you'll see um, amber-coloured sap dripping yeah. out of the, the cracking in the bark. Right. That is, again, part of that fungal disease which is inside the tree. The only way you can c- keep the tree alive or try and save the tree is you have to actually... Uh, remove, prune out all evidence of the black knot on whatever branches and stems they are that you see evidence uh, now if if you 're seeing evidence of black knot right down to the main trunk then it 's too late you won 't be able to save the tree, but if it 's all okay. still up on the out on the tips with a good sharp saw or you know proper sharp loppers, some rubbing alcohol to clean your blade in between cuts. And uh, removal of, the, like I said, this the swollen, naughty-looking bits, at least eighteen inches in from where you see evidence of of the fungus.
7: Okay. Okay. So, so that's the only the only
5: solution.
3: Well, that's solution number one because solution number one is to actually attempt to remove the fungus. Okay. The other thing you should do anyway, as part of this process, is get a hold of something called dormant spray. And okay. dormant spray is made up of both horticultural oil and lime sulfur. And you will follow the instructions on the package to do a dormant spray this fall and next spring.
7: Okay. So Not now. Should I leave the, the, the dead branches on and then spray them or I'll cut them off first? No. And then spray them. The
3: sooner you cut them off, the better. Okay. And eliminate them from the property. Okay. 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 Good luck with Thank that. Thank
7: you very much. You're very welcome. You're welcome. Okay. <laughs> okay and- Frank, I love all—I love your your
2: shows very much. Oh, bless your heart! Thank you very and, much. And the jokes you tell in between—they <laughs> make me chuckle a lot. Okay, thank you very much. <laughs> uh, keep listening. We'll uh, we'll try and keep you entertained anyway.
3: Yeah, that Frank man—he's uh, a non joke jokester. Yeah,
2: I love I love I the little. Uh, I, I thought for a moment I was listening to Midnight Blue with Gene Stevens. The swollen, naughty little bits you were talking <laughs> about there. Good heavens! Nine forty. Good heavens! Ta- good heavens right. to Betsy. We we must push along here and satisfy our uh, advertising Measures, you know, our clients who mm-hmm. actually buy time on the station Not like Can you or I you No, know, yeah. I know we, we give our time away But no, <laughs> they actually pay money to be on the show So we must honor our commitments yes. We'll be back in just a couple of moments here With Charlie Dobbin on The Garden Show from AM740
1: Need gardening advice? You've come to the right place The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin Sponsored by Scott's The makers of miracle Grow.
2: Just saying a quick hi to Dennis Snowden who's into the station. You know, uh, Charlie, you've met Dennis yes, before over, uh, a table, yes, <laughs> over
3: a makeup Can table actually.
2: Over a makeup table. Can you imagine? <laughs> well, was he wearing the same dress? Uh, no, but no. we
3: were doing you know checking eyeliners. Oh, uh, real? Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: no, Dennis is in the station, but you know, with Lloyd Robertson passing the mantle on mm. to uh, the the new uh, uh, anchor as yet uh,
3: unnamed. No, the oh, uh, oh, yeah, was named. I missed yes,
2: that. Yes, yes, uh, a lady, uh, and That's she's amazing. a terrific reporter, but you, Dennis. Uh, Dennis have been on the air longer than Lloyd. For God's sakes, I think well, 44 years, 45 years, 45, 45 years. You see? Congratulations! Just wanted to have an icon walk wow. into the room. That's all. <laughs> okay. Congratulations. We better get back to the nice phone lines to see here. You. Good Thanks. to see you, Dennis uh, Guildwood. Where uh, is it? Valite? Uh, is that your name? I'm sorry. I'm maybe you're not reading it nor pronouncing it properly. Good morning.
8: Good morning. It's just Val. Val, will do. Val, okay, yes. Val. Uh, good morning. Good morning, Charlie. Morning. Uh, I just wanted to uh, mention I'm still in the woods here, and uh, mentioned about foxgloves.
5: Hmm.
8: And uh, uh, they're not that easy to get, but I did get them last year and put them in, and they're absolutely beautiful. You probably know that they grow wild in mm-hmm. the woods in England. Yes. And uh, to people with a woody garden and Mm -hmm. a shady garden, I would recommend they try the foxgloves.
3: What a great idea. And the ones you got, are they the perennial ones or the biennial ones? They're the
8: perennial, and they Mm reseed. And uh, so that's great. Uh, They're a very good investment, you know. And uh, last week you found out the the new hosta for this year is First Frost, which I'm going to Sheridan to buy. And I wonder if there's a Zuma plant for 2010.
3: Well, that's a good question. And if
8: there isn't, would you like to find one and let us know next week, and we'll all buy it for our garden.
3: What a great idea. Okay, I think so I'll patent one first so I can yes, get some royalties out of this. You do that. Do <laughs> them for 2010. Great idea. So, well, thanks for letting us know about the foxgloves, because you're absolutely right. They're a lovely plant in a woodland garden you know, yeah. dappled sun and shade. And it's that, the main thing is to get the perennial variety as opposed to the biennial. Yes, I and just and, get uh, the consistency. And they, they
8: reseed, and mm-hmm. it's beautiful, you know. And I gave some to my neighbors because we're Lovely. all in the woods here. Yeah, you of know? course. In so Guildwood, yeah. Had them around in Guildwood, yes.
3: Very nice. <laughs> yes, so. and. And of course, Foxglove's proper name is Digitalis. Digitalis. And Frank's looking at me, really? Yeah, really of course. Yeah. Everybody knows what Digitalis is because that's a heart medicine, right? Yes. Yeah, and exactly. that's exactly what it's based on. It's based on that plant, which was the original heart medicine. So it is something that we are careful if we have pets or small children that tend to chew on our garden plants. We don't usually include um, uh, Digitalis or Foxglove in the garden. But otherwise, it's a great one well, to I've have. I've
8: got five cats, but they have taken no notice. They are yeah. busy eating the begonias.
3: I was Gonna say <laughs> they'll usually pick something else. Really yes. crazy. <laughs> Thank you. Charlie. Good stuff. Thanks, Val.
2: Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining the show here today at AM seven forty, the Garden Show with Master Gardener Charlie Dobbin. By the way, I was talking to Charlie just before the show, asking her, "Hey, got to be a busy time for you." I was surprised at the answer. She said, "No, actually, in the summer, most people don't take off on holidays." Yeah, exactly. Well, it. and it gets hot, right? Yeah.
3: I mean, I was personally was at down gardening at the CN Tower on Tuesday, and oh. I thought I'd probably died oh, so hot
2: so, so, so you'd be a walking blister man that was so well, hot. well
3: yeah it was just it was hard on the head eh? because yeah. that bending it was we- pulling a lot of weeds I'll tell yeah. you they grow big weeds down at the CN Tower <laughs> and um, <laughs> so it was uh, a lot of bending and you know digging yeah, and stuff yeah. which was hard to do in that much heat and that's what a lot of what I do is consulting so I will go to people's yards homes and properties and uh, sometimes there'll be questions. They've just moved in, for example, mm-hmm. and there's an established garden and they don't know what any of the plants are. Or or even like you were getting some of our callers today. You know, Raul from Mississauga wondered yes. what is the what's going on with my plum tree? Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll do on site visits to people's yards. Solve problems for them, make recommendations for me. Design a garden for pruning, them. Yeah. Exactly. Or mm-hmm. if if design is what they're looking for, I lay out designs and draw uh, sketches for them. Um, that's what I do. That's what I do in the summer when I'm not doing the radio show. Well, there you are. Uh, and, um, but it does get, it tends to get quiet in the summer just because Well, now of, there's like, a
2: good thought for people who holidays. are thinking, you know, hey, let's yep. get ready for fall and so forth, so on.
3: And you're absolutely right. When it yep. comes to designing and sketching and visualizing a better garden, mm-hmm. there's no time like the Present, right? Well,
2: I think you sh- they should know your uh, your email number then.
3: My email number. Well, how about my email address?
2: <laughs> oh, picky, picky. <laughs> oh, yes, <I'm> sorry. Yes.
3: <laughs> well, my email address here okay. is my first initial C and my last name Dobbin. So C Dobbin, C D O B B I N, at am740.ca.
2: There you go. Thank okay. You, Frank. Now let's uh, zip along to Innisfil and uh, say hi to Eva. Good morning, Eva.
3: For both of you. Good morning. So
9: I have a question regarding a uh, rose bushes I have in my backyard in the flower bed for a few years, but I have a problem because when it's blooming, as soon as the petals open, it falls off too. And I don't have only that problem. My daughter just planted the spring first, and it looks like it's the same bush, like same kind, mm-hmm. and she has the same problem. She says as soon as they open, they're losing their petals. Huh.
3: Uh, okay, and when they open, do they look as they should, or are yeah. they all kind of twisted and deformed?
9: No, they look very healthy and then beautiful, but as soon as they open, uh, a day later, they're losing the
3: petals. Do you know what variety of rose it is? Uh,
9: it's just a very, very light pink. Uh-huh but I don't know the name of
3: the bushes. Um, is it, so you installed it yourself a couple of years ago?
9: A few years ago, and I was so frustrated. Then I heard from my daughter that she has the same problem, and she just planted the rose bush this year. Hmm. I thought, I'm going to ask you, what's the problem?
3: Well... I mean, roses obviously don't last forever, and the mo- the more common complaint, as of not so much that the petals drop, it's that the color changes yeah. uh, on roses. So in the morning, uh, a pink rose or a dark pink yeah. budded rose will open right. with uh, pink, Deep you know, paler...
9: Deeper than on the daytime, yeah.
3: It, exactly. And then by late in the day, we're, it's almost pure white because it, you know, bleaches out so quickly. And then as you point out, the petals drop... In the heat, it, like it's likely a heat-related item. In, I can't understand that last year it wasn't that hot. And no, it, it was. Happened. It was cool and dark yeah. and moist last year. And I year.
9: thought, okay, it's because of the rainy season, and it's not getting enough sun mm. or heat or whatever. Yeah, and, and it and is every year I'm going through on that one, and I'm so frustrated I can just pull it out and throw yes. it away. <laughs>
3: so it's almost like less than twenty-four hours the the petals are lasting.
9: Um. No, I wouldn't
3: see it me less than 24 but at least 24 to to 36. Okay. So it um it might be the variety. Some there's no question some roses hold their flowers longer than others. Uh the then hmm, the older variety. Some of the older variety of roses which are the ones that are most susceptible to some of the diseases out there, they're often the ones that hold their petals the longest. It's yeah, funny, the e- newer varieties are easier to grow.
9: Burlington, mm-hmm. and between houses, mm-hmm. I'm living in the boonies with, with the bushes behind. It. Sure, so it's totally different uh, environment. Yeah, yeah,
3: yep. yeah. No, I'm just. But are you both growing the same form of rose? Yeah. Yeah, Because
9: I looked at the roses, and then it looks exactly the same as mine. Hmm.
3: You know what? Find out from your daughter what variety it is, if she just planted it this year. Yeah. And then if you wouldn't mind, either email me or give us a call again next week. Okay. And let me know the actual cultivar that you've, you've planted, and yeah. let's do a little bit of research on that. There, I grow a lot of roses at my place, and yeah, there's no question. Oh, they all I act could, a bit different.
9: Because I'm living in, you know, like bushes behind me, yeah. it's
3: just not Sun. Big. You need tons of sun. You have probably got lots of trees where you are.
9: If behind me, yes, yeah. on my property, I have sun, but behind me, it's a lot of bushes and trees. Right, so right. I assume that's why. But mm. I, when I moved in about thirteen years ago, I planted uh, twenty-six bushes of roses, and all of them died.
3: Oh my goodness! <laughs> We oh, need to do it. We need to do it a whole bunch of money. A show just a while. Roses, if you buy them from a reputable retailer, will be fully um, two-year guaranteed or at least one-year guaranteed. So always make sure you do buy your roses Canadian-grown roses, I point out, from a reputable retailer. Oh.
9: So Canadian roses, is, is it any specific I should buy that is hardy behind my backyard?
3: Um, you know what, we might just... Well, well I'm going to start next week's show with a little bit on roses, I think. So definitely listen next week, because oh. I'm going to do a bit on roses. But I, I mentioned Canadian-grown because... Canadian grown roses are going to be able to withstand our winters and our summers much better than any American grown mm-hmm. rose. Mm-hmm. American grown roses come out of Texas okay. and they're just not suited for our world.
9: Okay? All right. I'm going to call you next week
3: because I have another question regarding okay. the clovers. All right. Great, Eva. Thank, thank you. Eva. Thank you.
2: Thank thank it is. Thank you so much. It's 9.51 here at AM 740, the Charlie Doppin Garden Show. And in the interim, uh, I had a little, uh, well, Dan and Dave, our producers, this morning. Uh, Dan came running up to the window with a, a sign, and I believe his his writing is rotten. It looks like mine, <laughs> a terrible handwriting. But I think I discerned that a caller had called asking about Sierra Sil. Was that it? Oh, okay, see, I, I did read it correctly. Excellent. And so, obviously, How they perfect missed of your last little uh, note of about a it. segue so.
3: is that? Because well, that's exactly. exactly what I was going to mention. Well. What is SierraSil? SierraSil is a supplement. It's a mineral supplement that's taken daily for helping uh, with movement. Mm-hmm. If you have stiff joints of any kind, whether it's yep. you know knees or hips or wrists or anything, SierraSil can alleviate that stiffness and that soreness and allow you to be active, allow you to be back in the garden, swinging a golf club, playing tennis, whatever you want to do. Um, Sierra Sil, like I say, it is a mineral supplement. You take it daily. It's something that um, is, the head office is in Vancouver. They will ship this pill to you if you wish to phone them or check the order on the web. Or you can buy at any local health food retailer like Ambrosia or the Big Carrot. The website is www.sierrasil.com or you can give them a call, one 877
2: joint fourteen. As a matter of fact, I threw my back out this this past week getting uh walker out of the car. She <laughs> has to use a walker. And I just picked up the wrong way and oh geez, right from my back, took Sierra Sil. Well of course I'm taking Sierra. Yes. It took two days, but now it's gone though. It's gone. But I had really thrown it out. Wow. And I was limping there. Oof, but I am much not, better now. Oh, there you I'm go. as fit as a fiddle.
3: Due to Sierso, <laughs> you were yes. out on the tennis courts well, this morning before the show. Ex-
2: well, not quite. <laughs> uh, well, I get tuned up for our next little set to with the listeners. I'll give you a time check here, let you know where you are in the day. It's 9.54, and we'll be back after these words.
1: Gardening advice, you've come to the right place. The AM 740 Garden Show with Charlie Dolvin, sponsored by Scott's, the makers of Miracle Grow.
2: And good morning from the undergardener, Frank Proctor, as we say hi to Helen in Scarborough. Welcome to the show, Helen.
10: Hi there. Hi. Good morning. How are you today? I'm really enjoying your show.
3: Oh,
2: good.
10: (laughs) And uh, I'd like to talk about some unwelcome guests in my garden. I've got lily beetles and Mm. I've got Japanese beetles.
3: Mm -hmm.
10: And I'd like some guidance,
3: especially Mm. on
10: the Japanese beetles, as to how to uh, either get rid of them or keep them under control.
3: So the Japanese beetles you know you have them because you've seen them emerging out of the lawn as the sun's going down?
10: Uh, no, what I've seen them on are my roses. Okay. And they're they're sitting on top of the one on a leaf, one on a flower.
3: And they and chew like crazy. I gather, yes. They really destroy roses. Yeah. Uh, okay. And I've
10: also seen them on one of my daylilies.
3: Oh really? Yeah, I don't yeah. think of them as real daylily eaters, but yeah. they're not real picky. They'll nope. eat anything. <laughs>
10: oh really? Oh. oh.
3: Yeah, they're not nice. You know, my cat is great at catching beetles. I recommend a cat. <laughs> my <laughs> well, cat. One, cat. But he stays indoors. Oh yeah, really? Cuz no my cat leaps tall buildings to get at large bugs. <laughs> so, I big big supporter of uh, the idea of getting a uh, getting cats for something like that. Now, the problem with lily beetles, or sorry, with Japanese beetles, there is no really <laughs> For a while, what they were using was traps Yes. with lures. Yeah. But the problem is is that if you set up a trap, and there are, they're very good lures, they're pheromone, pheromone lures. Japanese beetles fly from kilometers away to fly into these traps. Mm-hmm. But what they found was that you ended up with more Japanese oh, beetles in the uh, yard than you started with because you were attracting them into the yard with these traps. So if, if you have a big enough property or, Put them on the neighbor's I lawn. was going to say, yes. a willing neighbor <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't have roses yeah. and would be willing to have the trap set up over at their house, it could work. I mean, it could be effective, but you don't want to set that up on your own property if you can avoid it. Right.
10: I had read that, so I had deliberately not used the trap. All I've done so far is I keep spraying with insecticidal soap. Right. Um, I've read something
3: about nematodes. But I don't know
10: what they are, and I couldn't find them. Okay,
3: so you can you can buy nematode eggs, actually, is what you'll buy. Okay. And that is something that you, we use late in, late in the summer, so usually in August, mid-August. We sprinkle nematode eggs onto our lawn in the areas where we suspect beetles have laid their eggs, which is what the beetles are doing right now. They're eating, they're partying, they're copulating, they're laying eggs, they're going to die. Uh, and so your your soap thing, It doesn't really work on beetles because they're so hard bodied that they just basically consider it a nice shower. It's not really very effective. You almost put on, if you can squish them, if you can grab them and squish them, or just get a can with some water and put a tablespoon of olive oil in it, and then just grab the beetles and drop them in the can, they won't be able to get out of that oil soaked or oil topped water.
10: I have done that. I've got, I read about just dropping them into um, soapy water. Yep, more soapy soapy water. I've done that, and I've killed four or five. That way. Yeah.
3: So that and that's a bit of an ongoing thing, but that can be an effective way to certainly lower the population. What you should be, we, we're all going to be doing though, is watching for dead yellow patches in our lawns. It'll start anytime in the next few weeks. It'll look like a dog has peed on the lawn. So there'll be a yellow, I'm not allowed to say that on the radio, right? Uh, <laughs> yellow, yellow spot on the lawn, but the yellow spot will get bigger and bigger and bigger. That's when we suspect that the grubs have hatched, which are the beetle babies, right? Beetles have lay eggs, eggs hatch into little grubs, and that's where the nematodes come in. And so very, very effective, but not yet. You're not going to be putting any nematodes down at this time. Wait till August. The
2: only oh. other suggestion, I might make, make, Helen, or we're about out of time here, is that you might rent Charlie Dobbins' cat for a nominal <laughs> fee, and that that could do it. That could do it.
3: Yeah, my cat's pretty good. Yeah. Well, mine's 17
10: years old, having will oh. oh. be a little slow at getting the beetle
2: <laughs> It's true. Mine's I can just still see the cat with a cane going crazy. up. To, yeah. <laughs> uh, not too good. We're we're fresh out of thanks time. Thanks really, so much, but Helen. But Thank you. Thanks, Helen, uh, for joining in the fun and frivolity. That is the Garden Show. That uh, is, isn't it? Yeah, and it's what? gone by again. Here well, well, I
3: think we had a lot of fun and frivolity for two reasons. One is uh, you're
2: going on holidays. Yes. And you're you're very excited and happy. Yes, we're taking a couple of weekends off. Uh, yeah. Yes, you are. We're yeah. going
3: to really miss you. you know, well, if you're not here next week or the week after. I'll still
2: be doing my uh, sentimental journeys, though, but uh, I'm just taking long yeah. weekends. Yeah,
3: I know. You're just going to yeah. do that like over the by laptop or yeah. something from, you know, exactly. Sega Beach or someplace. So that's exactly. very cool. I know. I love that. They're just going to beam you in. But uh, I will miss you next week. Uh, Robbie Lane will be here to yeah. sit in your chair. Good luck to him, right?
2: Nematodes. I'm going to put nematodes on the
3: And next week, we're going to talk a bit about roses because we're going to talk a bit about, you know, dropping those petals or early and also poison ivy. Anybody got any good ideas for poison ivy eradication?
2: Okay. Dave and Dan, thank you very much for your help in the uh, control room there. Yes, And thanks, uh, guys. stick around, folks, after the news,
0: live in the city upcoming with yours truly, Frank Proctor. And Have I'll a good one. See you next week. Okay. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin.